Hey, at the start of the year, we began to look at the book of Acts and the promise that Jesus declared in Matthew 16, 18, when he said, I will build my church. Um, and we've looked at the book of Acts at several themes so far, and we will continue to do so until Easter. Um, but part of what I want you to understand in the midst of this is that the story of what God did in the book of Acts in building the church is what God still does today. He does that in Huntington, Texas. He is doing that in Africa. And so when we talk about these themes, I want you to not just think about history 2,000 years ago, but I want you to think about our context today because God continues through his spirit to build his church. We, of course, looked at Acts 2 to start, and we talked about how God, Jesus, through his spirit, uh, builds the church. Uh, we, this is not really an um, expositional uh, sermon series where we are studying all the way through the book of Acts, but we are picking up themes as we read the story. And so when we started in Acts 2.14, we see that the Holy Spirit began to raise up leaders, which he still does today. Uh, we saw that the Holy Spirit gives boldness to the followers of Jesus to witness to Jesus, and the Spirit still does that uh, today. We see that the Holy Spirit convicts the lost of their sin and convinces them of the truth. The Holy Spirit draws the lost to salvation. He was doing it in the book of Acts. He also does that uh, today. Last Sunday, we talked about that uh, the Holy Spirit also gives courage to be baptized. And I want us to pick up in the scripture uh, where we left off the last two times we met. And that is in Acts 2.42. If you'll look at that with me. I'm going to read all the way through 47. Uh, Brother Will will be preaching next Sunday, Byron, after that. And their themes are triggered by this text as well as mine this morning. In Acts 2.42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Hey, I'm getting, I'm getting feedback on this microphone. Um, verse 42. I want us to look at that first phrase today, and it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And they continued steadfastly 
in the apostles' doctrine. Um, some of your translations, I, I hear Byron quote this, and your translation says, and they devoted themselves. Maybe yours says that. Um, the sense of the word, uh, and it's used elsewhere in the book of Acts, is a sense of persisting in something. It almost speaks about something that there's a little bit of resistance to, and we're going to talk about that today. Uh, and so it may, yours may say devoted, it may say continued steadfastly in. It is the sense of being persistent in something. So I want us to pause right there today, and this is our theme, that the first followers of Jesus persisted in, were devoted to, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And we want to talk about the scripture, the word of God, and what the Holy Spirit does in teaching us. And our theme today, our point is that the Holy Spirit teaches from God's word. And, and I want us to trace this out not just in the book of Acts, but I want us to, to back up the story uh, to the ministry of Jesus. And I want you to see, not just in the book of Acts and in biblical times in Jesus' ministry, how the Holy Spirit taught from God's word, but I want us to project that into the future and to talk about how Jesus builds the church by the Holy Spirit uh, teaching the word from the word of God and and I've chosen those words deliberately the Holy Spirit teaches from God's word and it's going to directly apply to our lives today um, and so it tells us in Acts 242 the historical record Luke's writing this uh, the gospel has been proclaimed uh, the lost have been drawn to salvation. 3,000 of them have been baptized. And when he comes to this summary statement, Acts 2, 42-47, the first thing he says is that, is that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And those words are significant. And I think it's significant that Luke says this is first. He says the first thing that they did is that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. His words are significant, and part of, one of the words that I want us to understand today is the word, uh, is the sense of apostle. Of all the things that he could have said, he said, no, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And, and it, it teaches us something very significant today and about our own experience and how we arrive at truth. But I want us just to pause right there. And to ask the question, if they hadn't, if the early church had not continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, I, I want us to see the significance of this by saying, what if it hadn't happened? What if the gospel had been proclaimed, the lost had been drawn to faith, they had declared him publicly through baptism. And they hadn't been taught the apostles' doctrine. I want us to understand the significance of that by saying, if it had not happened, 
then we would have to conclude that they would not have grown in their faith. They would not have developed as disciples. They would have stayed immature and many of them would have been drawn away from the truth of the gospel. I want us to get the sense of this chronologically to see the storyline of how we get to the book of Acts and then it helps us project the story out to our own day. And I want us to start back in the Gospels and understand that Jesus was a teacher. Jesus taught. And what was he teaching? He was teaching truth. That may be like a duh. Well, of course he was teaching truth. That's why he came. Uh, John 1 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The majority of Jesus' ministry, if you just take the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, was spent teaching. What was Jesus teaching? He was teaching truth. He was specifically, this is kind of the second idea, Jesus was not just a teacher, but there were 12 men that he taught uh, more so than everyone else. He invested his life. He was investing truth, yes, in everyone that came to hear, but specifically he taught the 12. But if we take this thought out to the next step, in my mind this is the third step, it's not just that Jesus came to teach truth and Jesus taught the 12, but what we see in the Gospels is that Jesus then authorized those 12 men to teach that truth that he had taught them. Now this is just Daryl Smith's logical mind. This is there's just a sequence of ideas here. Jesus came, God in the flesh, he came to teach truth. He teaches everyone, but he teaches these 12. But here is where the story begins to turn and it's going to get us to the book of Acts. Jesus authorizes the 12 to be his teachers, to pass on that truth. Now, you can call them the, the, uh, the, the 12 disciples, but if you're, if you're already tracking with me, when we come to Acts 2.42, no, these are the apostles, the 12 that walked with Jesus. So Jesus, when we come to when his words in the Great Commission, Jesus, this is very significant, the end of Matthew 28, 18, 19, 20. Remember what Jesus said. He says, all authority has given to me, been given to me under heaven. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Now, we don't always take this 
the Great Commission in this sense. But when I went back and looked at it, I said, no, this is it. Jesus was authorizing the 12 specifically to teach other people what they had been taught. They are the authorized representative, authorized teachers that Jesus sends out to teach others. Jesus had told them, and this is getting us to the book of Acts, Jesus had told them, and if you're already tracking with me, you already understand. Jesus in John 14, 15, and 16 says, The day is going to come that I am going to leave, but I will not leave you orphans. I will send the Spirit. And Jesus said, The Spirit will be your teacher. You understand? Jesus in the flesh came and he said, I taught you. Um, and now I have authorized you to teach. But there is something more that I am going to do. Understand that it will be the Spirit that basically will take the baton from here and will become your teacher. When I am not physically here, the Spirit will be your teacher. So in John 14, 26... Jesus says, and the context is very important. He is with the 12. He is with the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles. Well, I'm sorry, it's with the 11 at this point. Judas has left. I'm sorry. Made a big point about that, and then it wasn't actually true. There's 11 of them at this point. John 14, 26. Jesus says to the 11, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Spirit will teach you all things. But he doesn't just say that. He says, and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Jesus says something very similar in 16, John 16, 13. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Um, I, don't, I don't know where you're at. But if Jesus said the Spirit is going to be, if he said to the twelve specifically, the Spirit is going to be your teacher, and he's going to teach you all things, and he's going to bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Let me just throw this out. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Jesus did, did you think the Spirit did that? Did that come about? Well, and if you think about the apostles live, primarily their story is told in the book of Acts, would you have to say theologically that in the midst of the book of Acts, that the Spirit was teaching the apostles all things and bringing to the remembrance all things that Jesus had said them? You go, yeah. So that when the apostles are teaching in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is teaching them and they are teaching the others. So there is a, there is a sequence, there is a storyline here. And so uh, the Spirit becomes the 
teacher of the apostles, and he brings to remembrance all things. Um, this is very important because in most of the Gospels, we get the sense, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that history, that story, that the apostles, the 12, didn't really get what Jesus was saying. Uh, I know they heard him, and they processed it somehow in their minds, but they really, they really weren't getting the, the depth, the spiritual significance of what Jesus was saying. Even if you just take the first statement in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I understand that the disciples were there that day and they heard that. And in some sense, they had, in their human minds, they had a sense of what Jesus was saying. But did they really get the spiritual depth? and truth that Jesus was teaching that, and I, I would have to say no. And part of the reason I would say that is because in Matthew 16, when Jesus said, I will build my church, it is within the context in which Jesus says to them, who do men say that I am? They had answers. Then he says, but who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus makes this statement. He says, you are, I'm, this is off the top of my head, okay? Don't hold me to this. You, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And so you shall be called Peter. And he says, and upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, I think there's just a little bit of glimpse in there of what the Holy Spirit will do later in the lives of the apostles, but also it tells us in that episode in Matthew 16, the only capabilities that the 12 had to understand Jesus were in their human minds. They did not have the Spirit yet. And so they could only understand Jesus to a certain level but there's this little window in Matthew 16 in which God says mm, I'm just going to take pity on one of you boys Peter and I'm going to open your eyes what is the answer to his question you are the Christ the son of the living God flesh and blood did not reveal that to you but my father through his spirit in heaven opened your eyes and so I think we get a glimpse into that story of how in the book of Acts uh, the apostles were taught by the Holy Spirit. So when we come to the book of Acts, we see that the apostles had lived out a teaching ministry. This is kind of the fourth step, at least in my mind. Jesus taught. He taught the twelve. He authorized them to go and teach others. The Spirit became their teacher. When we get to the book of Acts, the apostles lived out that teaching ministry that they had been authorized by Jesus uh, to conduct. And we see that in Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What were, what were the, the 12? They're back to 12 at this point. What were they doing? They were teaching the people. We see this in the story of the calling of the first deacons. There's a problem with some widows. Uh, what are we supposed to do about this? Uh, 
the, the 12, the apostles say it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. No, that's what, that's what they were authorized to do. They were the authorized representatives to take up Jesus' mantle of teaching and to pass it on to others. We see this in the church of Antioch in Acts eleven twenty six, 26, and Paul and Silas, and Paul at this point is considered an apostle because Jesus has appeared to him and authorized him to go and also tell, I'm sorry, Paul and Barnabas in Antioch that they stayed with the Christians in Antioch, and they, it says that they taught them uh, for a whole year. In the book of Acts, the apostles live out this teaching ministry. That's what they were doing, the apostles specifically. And the final step, and this is very important because it's going to come to how do we how does the Holy Spirit teach us truth today? This is very important. This is kind of the linchpin. You've got to get this. The apostles' teaching was written down. It's the 27 books of the New Testament. You've got to get this. This is very significant. The apostles, yes, were teaching it orally, but there came a point where their teaching was written down. That includes Paul, that includes some other people. The significance is that the apostles' teaching was passed down in a written record that is inerrant, and the reason we know it is without error, and the reason we know that is because it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. When they wrote, they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So uh, 2 Peter 1, 20, 21, uh, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for no prophecy came by the will of man. Here it is. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so... The Scripture, not only did the, the Spirit inspire them to speak orally and to preach the gospel, and that's recorded in the book of Acts, but the Spirit also inspired them to write it down in a written record. And so that the Word of God, remember our, our, our point is that the Holy Spirit teaches from God's Word, the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. In fact, one of the things I want you to hear this morning is that the Holy Spirit is in the midst of all of this process. In the midst of it all. Once Jesus physically left and He poured out the Spirit in Acts 2, the Spirit takes it up. And the Spirit not only is giving them the words and the boldness to speak orally, but also the Spirit is inspiring them to write it down. And it becomes this written record 
And so in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Literally, the Greek says, all Scripture is God-breathed. Breath speaks of the Holy Spirit, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the Word of God is inspired. It is inerrant. I want you to understand that the Scriptures are infused with the Spirit because the Spirit was the one who moved men to write it down today. So we go through the 28 chapters of the book of Acts, which gets us to about the year, I don't know, 62 A.D. We push the story forward another 1,900 years plus, almost 2,000 years. The Holy Spirit teaches us today. Very significant. Jesus builds the church. One of the ways that Jesus builds the church through his spirit is that spirit teaches us truth. The church must be built upon truth. And the spirit must be our teacher. He is in the midst of the whole process. Our natural minds cannot grasp spiritual truth. The Spirit must reveal spiritual truth to us. It is just like the in fact, it's the very starting point in our, our journey with Christ and our salvation experience. And I described this a couple weeks ago. There was a point in your life and in my life when we came to faith that the Holy Spirit not only convicted us of sin, but I said this three weeks ago, the Holy Spirit also convinced us of the truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit opened our eyes. I remember this. I described that three weeks ago in my own life. Sitting on that pew right down there. Wow, 10 years of age. It's like, oh, wow. No, I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. Jesus is the only way to get saved here. And it was like, duh. Daryl Smith, all these years. I knew all the Bible story answers. There was not a kid in my grade who knew more of the Bible than I did at 10 years of age. That sounds boastful. I don't know. I know, I know the doofuses I was raised with, just to be honest with you. It's, it's not a big statement. I knew all of the Bible in my, in my natural mind, but I did not understand the spiritual truth until the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and I went, Oh, wow. Do you see? And the Holy Spirit had to do that in your life too. If the Holy Spirit does not teach us, we cannot learn the spiritual truth that God has for us. You can't. The Holy Spirit has to open our eyes. And so I, I think you replicate that story moving forward that then the Holy Spirit begins to teach us in our natural minds. I want to read this scripture. And I'm going to be through here. I'm going to be through here. At the end of April, I'm going to be through here. I was joking. That was a joke. 
I'm not preaching until the end of April this morning. I've got to go to Africa Tuesday, so I can't. I have, I have a COVID test at 2 o'clock today. I have to, I have to leave by 1.30 today, okay? Sorry. Now I can't even find 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 2. Wow. Paul says this. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, the final verse. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned it's not just that the spirit can teach us it is that the spirit must teach us but here's my final point the teaching of the Holy Spirit will always be connected to the written word of God hear me The New Testament is based upon the apostolic witness. They wrote it down, inspired and errant, infused with the Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit speaks to me, He will speak to me from the Word of God. It is what is infused with the Spirit. The written word will always be the anchor to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It will always be linked back. When the Holy Spirit teaches me truth, it will always be linked back to the the Scripture. It is always based upon the apostolic witness. When the apostles died, the apostolic witness ceased. Hear me. No, there's only 27 books. Because they, they had to be written based upon the apostolic witness. Joe Blow in the second century or Daryl Smith in the 21st century or whatever the century is we're in. Yeah, I don't know. What are we? Something we're, I, I'm, we're not writing any more scripture. In fact, cults are started <laughs> by people who write more scripture. And the apostolic witness said, no, do not add or take away from this. And cults, And those that deviate from this will always do that. They will subtract or they will add to it. 
God told us everything we needed to know. The apostolic written, witness is written down. The way that the Spirit teaches us will always be connected back to the written word. If we don't anchor truth to the word of God, then we will veer off and we will be drawn away from truth. We see this in the book of Acts. Uh, Simon the sorcerer in Acts 8. Uh, the men in Acts 15 who taught um, that you must be circumcised in order to be saved. Paul warns the Ephesian elders of this in Acts 20. The Holy Spirit teaches from the Word of God. And the reason today that we must continue steadfastly in the Apostles' doctrine is that our minds must be transformed with the truth of God's Word. Even when we are saved, our minds are still corrupted by Satan's lies, the world's deception, and our sin nature. And so the reason that they had to devote themselves to the apostles' doctrine is because they had been saved, but their minds and their lives still had to be transformed. How are our lives transformed? How do we develop as disciples? It's always linked back to, to the Scripture, but it is the Holy Spirit that is our teacher of that scripture because my, my human mind, 1 Corinthians 2, cannot grasp these things. Our minds must be transformed by the scriptures. And when our minds are transformed, and we not only learn and are taught and live out that truth, then here it is, the church is built. One of the ways that Jesus builds the church is by the Spirit teaching us truth from God's Word. And so my challenge to you today is that you continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And let me, let me say this. That written record is infused by the Holy Spirit. You want to encounter the Holy Spirit? Open up your Bible because it's infused. I don't know about everything else in your life. I can always go back to this because I know not only not just God and Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is in that. Let me say this also. If you want to learn to know the Spirit when He speaks to you, ingrain your mind in the written record that we know that is infused with the Spirit of God. If you want to recognize the Spirit's voice in your life, let Him first transform your mind by the written word, the apostolic witness, because He will always speak in the same truth and language and tone as the written record says. So church, continue steadfastly in the apostles'
doctrine. Amen? Amen. If you would stand with me this morning. Um, Byron and Will and I will be at the front after this final song. Uh, if, if you need someone to pray with you, we are here. If you would like to talk to us about a decision, baptism, salvation, we are here. Uh, you have some other matter, uh, we are here. And this is your time. We have, we've, we've designed it like this so that we have time uh, to talk with you as long as we need to. Uh, Father, today we thank you for uh, revealing your truth to us. Uh, Father, in your word, we thank you that it is, it, is, it is inerrant, it is true, it is infused by the Spirit. And so, Father, I pray that we would be diligent uh, to present ourselves to you as a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so, Father, I pray that we would discipline ourselves to be grounded in the Scripture, that, Father, we might hear your voice and that our minds and our lives might be transformed by the truth. Father, we trust that to you in Jesus' name. Amen.